It's story time by our favorite English author, Enid Blyton. Chapter twenty-five in Santa Claus Castle. Joe got to the car first. Quick, he cried. I can hear Um Boom Boom coming. He must have got free. So he had. He appeared at the door of his queer house, and they saw that he had freed himself by cutting his beard short. He did look queer. The toy rabbit revved up his car, and it shot off almost before Saucepan was safely in. A kettle flew clanging down the road, and Saucepan groaned. "Well, thank goodness that kettle's gone," said Joe. "It can't stick into me again. Oh dear, I feel I want to turn head over heels." "But you can't," said Moonface firmly, "unless you want to be caught by the Oom Boom Boom fellow." "Here, Saucepan, hang on to Joe, and stop him turn." Turning head over heels in the car, it was difficult to stop him, but they managed it. After they had gone a good way, the rabbit stopped the car for a talk, and Joe took the chance of turning about a dozen somersaults. You know, I think you ought to go to the Lord, the land of Santa Claus," said the rabbit. "I do really, not to give him Silky, of course, that would never do, but to tell him you aren't toys, and to ask him if he can stop you being what you are." "That's a bit muddling," said Moonface, trying to work it out. "Yes, it seems a good idea. After all, he deals in toys, doesn't he? He must know them very well." He'll be able to tell we're not real toys and might help us. We know he's kind," said Silky. "He's so fond of children. Let's go to him. How can we get there, though? This land may stay at the top of the faraway tree for some time, and the land of Santa Claus may not be the next one to arrive. That's true enough," said the rabbit. Actually, the next land on the timetable is the land of squalls, which doesn't sound too good. But I'll tell you what I can do for you. What? Asked Joe. I can drive you to the next station and put you on a train for the land of Santa Claus," said the toy rabbit. "I happen to notice that some trains there do go to his land. What about it, friends?" "A very good idea," said everyone, and off they went. They came to a funny little station after a while, and they all got out. I wish you could stay in my land forever, little Silky doll," said the rabbit to Silky. "You really are the prettiest thing I ever saw, but there, you'd be unhappy, and I couldn't bear that." "I'll write to you," said Silky. "Will you really?" said the rabbit. "Do you know I've never had a letter in my life? It would make me feel important." Look, there's a train in. I say this train's going to the land of Santa Claus. What a bit of luck! cried Moonface. Goodbye, Rabbit. You really have been a good friend. I'll write to you. My word! Fancy me getting two letters," said the delighted Rabbit. "We'll all write," said Joe, shaking his furry hand warmly. "Goodbye. It's been lovely meeting you." Silky gave him a kiss, and he nearly cried for joy. "I've never been kissed before," he said. "Never. A kiss and letters. My word! I am a lucky Rabbit." They all climbed into the train and waved goodbye. Nice fellow, that rabbit," said Joe. "Well, we're off again. I wonder how far it is." 
It was quite a long way, and they all fell asleep. A porter wakened them up at last. "Hey, you! Don't you want to get out here?" he said. "This is where toys usually get out." They scrambled out because the station board said, "Get out here for the castle of Santa Claus." Just in time," said Joe, yawning. "Oh my! Here I go, turning head over heels again." There is the castle. Look," said Bessie, pointing to a magnificent castle with many towers rising high on a hill nearby. And thank and goodness, look at the snow. Anyone would think it was winter here. Oh, it always is," said the porter. "It wouldn't be much good for sleighs, would it, if there wasn't snow? Is Santa Claus expecting you? His sleigh usually meets the train in case there are any visitors for him." Is that it down there? Asked Moonface, pointing down into the snowy station yard. A sleigh was there with four fine reindeer whose bells jingled as they moved restlessly. A small red imp held the reins. Yes, that's the sleigh. Better go and get in," said the porter. He stared hard at Silky. "I say, isn't that a pretty doll?" I bet Santa Claus will want her for his own Christmas tree. They went to the sleigh and got into it. To Santa Claus, please," said Joe, and off they went, gliding smoothly over the snow, drawn by the four eager reindeer. They arrived at the castle. They felt rather nervous when they saw how big and grand it was. They stood at an enormous door carved with all kinds of toys and rang a great bell. The door swung open. Please come in," said a teddy bear, dressed just like a footman. "Santa Claus will see you in a few minutes." They went into a big hall and then into a great room where many little imps and goblins were at work. "You might like to look around while you're waiting," said the bear footman. "You'll see the imps painting the dolls' houses and the goblins putting growls into us bears, and you'll see how the somersaults are put into the clockwork clowns." I don't want to see that," said Joe, feeling at once that he wanted to go head over heels. He turned a few and then stood up again. "What are those imps doing there?" he said, putting the hum into tops," said the footman. "But don't go too near. One of the hums might get into you by mistake, and that's such a nuisance, you know." They stood at a safe distance, watching. It was int- very interesting indeed. So many things were going on. There was so much to see and hear that they almost forgot they were toys themselves. "How's your growl, bear?" said a little imp, running up to Moonface. He punched him in the middle, and Moonface growled deeply. "Grrr! Leave me alone! I don't like people doing that." Grrr! Look. Oh look! Isn't that Santa Claus himself? cried Bessie suddenly as a big man came into the room dressed in bright red. He wore a hood trimmed with white, and his jolly face had eyes that twinkled brightly. Yes, it's Santa Claus! cried Joe. Santa Claus heard him and came over at once. He looked in surprise at Silky. Why? he said. Where did you come from? You weren't made in my castle by imps and goblins. You are the loveliest doll I've ever seen. I've a good mind to keep you for myself and put you at the very top of my own big Christmas tree. No, no, please not," said Silky. Santa Claus looked down at the others. He seemed puzzled. 
Where do you all come from? He said. I'm quite sure I've never had any toys made like you. The rabbit dressed up in kettles and saucepans, for instance, and this funny little bear. He doesn't seem like a proper teddy. We're not proper toys," said Bessie. "Santa Claus, we got turned into toys in the castle of the toy soldiers. I'm a little girl, really, and I'm Moonface, who lives at the top of the faraway tree," said Moonface. "What? The famous Moonface, who has a slippery slip in his room, going down the tree from the top to the bottom?" cried Santa Claus. "My word, I've often wanted to see that. Do you think I'm too fat to go down it?" No, no, I don't think so," said Moonface, looking at him. "I could give you two cushions to sit on instead of one, sir. If you'd like to come now, you can go up and down the faraway tree as often as you like. We'll haul you up in the washing basket every time you arrive at the bottom, and you can slide down again from the top." Let's go now," said Santa Claus in delight. "Well, well, to think I'm meeting the the famous Moonface at last, and I suppose this darling doll is Silky the Pixie, and of course this is Old Saucepan Man. But how do you know us?" asked Moonface, astonished. "Oh, I've heard about you from the children," said Santa Claus. "They keep asking me for books about you." To go into their Christmas stockings, and they looked so exciting that I read them all. I did want to meet you. Well, wasn't that a bit of luck? Santa Claus called his sleigh, and they all got in to the top of the faraway tree. Commanded Santa Claus, and away they went. It didn't take very long. In quite a little while, the sleigh landed on a broad bow near the top of the tree, and they all got out. My room is just a bit higher up," said Moonface, and led the way. They were soon in his little round room. He pointed to the curious hole in the middle of the floor. "There you are," he said. "That's the slippery slip, sir. It goes round and round from top to bottom of the tree, and you fly out of a trap door at the bottom, and land on a soft cushion of moss." Splendid," said Santa Claus. "Will someone else? Will somebody else go first, please? Dear me, it's exactly the same as I read about in the books. Er, I suppose you couldn't just change us back to our ordinary selves, could you?" asked Joe, afraid that in his excitement Santa Claus might forget to do what they so badly wanted. I feel as if I'm going to. Somersault again, and I don't want to turn head over heels all the way down the slippery slip. Change you back? Yes, of course. It's easy," said Santa Claus. The slippery slip is just the right place for a spell. Shut your eyes, please. They all shut their eyes. Santa Claus touched each one gently, chanting a curious little song: "Go in as you are, come out as you were. Go in as you are, come out as you were." They opened their eyes. Moonface got a cushion and pulled Bessie onto it. He gave her a tremendous push, and she shot down the slippery slip at top speed, round and round, and then out she flew through the trap door at the bottom and landed on a tuft of moss. Oh, she said, breathless. Oh, I'm myself again. I'm not a stiff-jointed doll any longer, and I can shut and open my eyes properly. She got up and out of the trap door flew Joe. Joe. You're all right again. You're you," cried Bessie in delight. And here comes Silky. She's not a doll any more. And here's Fanny. She's all right too. 
Look out! Here's the old saucepan man. Hurrah! He's back to normal. And he's lost his floppy ears," said Silky. "I'm rather sorry. I liked him with those long ears. Good old saucepan." And then, whoosh! The trap door shot open with a bang, and out sailed Santa Claus, his hood on the back of his head. Bump! He went on to the cushion of moss and sat there, panting and full of delight. What a thrill! What a thrill! Better than anything I've got in my castle. Look out! Here comes Moonface! cried Joe, and out came Moonface, no longer a fat teddy bear, but his own beaming self once more. I'd like to do that again," said Santa Claus, standing up. "How did you say we got back to the top of the tree in a basket?" "Yes," said Joe. "But if you don't mind, sir, we won't come with the others. You see, our mother will be wondering about us, so we'd better say goodbye and thank you very much." Goodbye. See you next Christmas," said Santa Claus. "I'll bring you something extra fine. Ah, here comes the basket. Let down a rope. Do we get in?" The last thing that Joe, Bessie, and Fanny saw was Santa Claus in the big basket, being pulled slowly up by all the squirrels at the top of the tree. Moonface and Silky and Saucepan were with him, leaning over the edge of the basket, waving to them. Well, I suppose dear old Santa Claus will be going down that slippery slip till it's dark," said Joe. "Oh dear, surely I'm not going to turn head over heels again. I feel just like it." "Oh, you'll soon get out of the habit," said Bessie. "I still feel as if I want to walk stiffly like a doll. I say, wasn't that an adventure? We'll never have a better one," said Fanny. "Oh yes, you will, Fanny, Bessie, and Joe. You just wait and see." End of chapter.